Ladies, gentlemen, and others, Andy here, day 169 of the Inner Winner Show. It's actually fitting that the number 69 is in this episode because we're going to be talking about sex toys. This is an interview I did with Step, an entrepreneur who came up with what I think have to be the world's best named sex toys. These toys are called cute little fuckers. So we talked about doing whatever it takes to be successful, overcoming hurdles and rejections that life throws at you, how debilitating pain can lead to humility and gratitude, and why people are so damn squeamish about banging. Enjoy the episode. I'll also leave links in the show notes below where you can check out and buy some of these toys yourself. They're pretty damn cool. Enjoy. What would you like me to call you? Like pronouns? Uh, they, them pronouns. Okay. Um, step as a name works great. I'm assuming um, that's just like an abbreviation of your name. I don't know. I feel like when you're in like the queer and trans world, everyone's got like three names uh, at least. So like, it's like <laughs> I, I had a couple of Chinese friends when I, in my old city and yeah, it's exactly the same. They'll have like their normal traditional like Chinese name and then they'll have like a Western name and you're like, which one do you want me to pick? Like totally. And some people have very strong opinions. Like I've definitely talked to people like that. And some of them are like, like use my Western name. I like, I don't want you yeah. to like, I yeah, see you're yeah, trying yeah. to use no, no. And other people yeah. are like, I don't know, but like, I'd rather use my real name. And for me, I'm kind of loosey goosey with my name. Step actually mm. became my name. It, it, I didn't even mean to choose that as a name. And then it's, that's a whole story. People just started. Calling you kind of cheated funny. though. You just like cut your name in half and you're like, there you go. I know it's the easiest, right? Yeah. Just literally but that doesn't slice. work for me. What am I going to be like? And why not? I've heard weirder names. I've heard plenty of then, names. weirder than and. Hey, and. Oh, yeah. I mean, what step? That's definitely on par. <laughs> yeah, but that's that just sounds like a like a European name or something. I assumed you were like European. <laughs> it's, see, it's all about how you play it off. Yeah. Yep. I just acted like it was normal. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Huh. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like a confidence thing. <laughs> Speaking of confidence, this is going to be the best segue ever. I'm genuinely curious. I guess the question is how you had the confidence to like start a Kickstarter and just go all in with this stuff, like with your toy, just go like, I'm going to make this happen. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I want the origin story for this. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. Well, so, so, so I've done some entrepreneurship stuff in the past, hit and miss, mostly miss them. I'm going to be honest. Um, and uh <laughs> yeah and you know but always like it was always something that really intrigued me like creating a lifestyle that like really was fluid um mm -hmm. and, and really created by myself um but so that was a dream that i that i missed on a number of times and then i was like wow i really need cash so i i, I got a day <laughs> job and was working a day job for a while and it was pretty cool and uh, it was actually with like a really cool organization and i was into it and kind of thought I would be there for a while. Um, but uh, about late 2018, I just like started at the end of long work days, my arms hurt. And I'm like, oh, is this carpal tunnel? And then I started losing mm -hmm. feeling in my hands. And eventually, like, actually couldn't really use a computer very much. Um, Jesus. Which was very stressful and terrifying. Yeah. Um, and I, and I had to leave that career because of that, because I couldn't use a computer at first people thought it was carpal tunnel, but then, um, I started having numbness, uh, and tingling in my feet. And I was like, okay, this is not a computer related thing. Like something weird is going on. 
Um, it took many months for any doctors to figure it out. It turns out it's Lyme disease. So uh, I'm battling chronic Lyme disease and I've had that for the past two years. It's an ongoing battle. And so it's kind of at this position, it was right, it was before they diagnosed it, but after we knew it definitely wasn't carpal tunnel, I was just mm -hmm. like, something's going on with my body. It's shutting down. I can't use a computer. Like, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. Like part of me is like, I don't even know if I'm coming to the end of my time, like, or maybe I'll be fine next year and everything will be great. And so it was like this weird, really weird point in my life where like this future I had suddenly became like a big question mark. It was just like, like it kind of felt like the floor just dropped out under me. And I was like, well, what do I do now? And like in this like existential crisis mode, like, I just was like, remember going on lots of walks because there wasn't that much I could do without my hands and all my friends were at work. And just like weirdly, like the thing that started coming up was a conversation that a bunch of my friends had like a year before where we were all sitting in my living room uh, having a conversation about sex toys and how like a lot of them just felt all too serious and they weren't fun enough. And like yep. a lot of us yep. were queer and trans and like non-binary. And so we're like, and they really like, don't feel like great in our genders. And like, it was just like, we're like, you know, we want to love them. We're very sexual people, but like, gosh, it's just a lot of misses. It's like, and um, someone like jokingly was like, uh, said Pokemon sex toys. And, <laughs> and like a bunch of us, like everyone started laughing and someone was like, ha I'd buy that. And someone's like, I'd buy that. I'm like, I'd buy that. And then like, that like kind of like stuck in my head. I'm like, there's something there. And so like fast forward again to me in this like existential, like what is my life now? What do I do with my time when I don't know like where my health is going to be? Like, I literally don't know if I'm living or dying. Um, mm -hmm. And like, that's what came up. And I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, it's like, I'm, I, I, my life is a blank slate right now. Now's as good a time as ever to just like try something that seems awesome. Um, if it works, fuck yeah. And if it doesn't work, like whatever. I mean, I'm like, I'm just, I'm here. Like I really got like nothing. This is the opening. Like if mm -hmm. I try this for a couple months and it doesn't work out, I can figure out something else then. Um, and so that's really what gave me the confidence. The, the confidence was really a like, it, it almost feels like less of a confidence and more of like, more of an opening. Like the opportunity was there. The ability was there. Like when, when, when you're kind of in that state where you're like, man, I don't even know if I'm fucking dying or not. Like yeah. confidence comes a lot easier. It's just like, well, I could do anything now. Yeah, um, it's so almost like a big toys. reset. Like you're, yeah. you're left with, you're at ground zero. You're like, what do I want the rest of my life to be like now? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. A few, of the, a few of the guys, cause I, I run a self-improvement blog, mostly for men. There is a couple of women, couple of couples, but mostly towards men. I've had a couple of guys this year that have messaged me and said like, you know, because of all the lockdowns and all the, you know, uncertainties with COVID and all that kind of stuff. I've just been sitting here going like, what do I want my life to be? Like I lost my job, you know, I'm sitting at home. I've had a couple of guys that have started their own business. I myself did the same thing. This was the year that I went all in with my coaching and decided like, okay, I'm going to start actually helping guys. Like I'm going to do this full time because I lost my job at the start of the year. So I feel like this has been a year. I know that you didn't, because when did you start your toys? It wasn't last year, was it? It was like a couple of years ago. Um, it was uh, 2019. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. not last but year. This 
2020 was like for a lot of people the same sort of stuff you're talking about obviously without the like am i dying thing thank god but like the uncertainty i think it's that uncertainty that makes you sit there and say what do i want like almost like the future is entirely up to me now it's within my control what do i want and i'm assuming you had a lot of like you talked about walking and stuff i'm assuming you had a lot of like meditative moments where you were like what the hell is this like what do i want where am i going what should the future be yeah Absolutely. I mean, yeah, definitely had a lot of them, a lot of like really intense ones because I'm not like, Mm. I'm no foreigner to the concepts of meditation and things like that. I've done a lot of it in the past, but like the, the previous year or so was like really busy. It was me trying to do a lot, me trying to do a lot, me trying to do a lot. And then to have suddenly so much space and not just space to like, not just space to do a thing here and there, but like, okay, I have no job. Like, everyone I know is at work. I literally mm-hmm. can't even get into hobbies. Like there, there was a couple months, thank goodness I have a little more in my hand use back, but there was a couple months there where like I had trouble making myself food. Um, it was mm. that level of like hand difficulty. And so I've, I'm like, I have enough, I have enough, like and the way I think about it is like, I don't know, in my head, I called it hand juice. If you're familiar with like the concept of spoons or something like that, just like there's some limit to the amount I can use my hands today. And yeah. that limit varies a lot today. And is that, is that like a pain thing or is it just like, it's literally not working? Like the signals yeah, aren't getting to your hand. Yeah. It's a, it's a pain thing, uh, okay. a pain and a numbness thing, but luckily I still, my hands still work. Um, but definitely yeah. the pain gets to a point where it's like, yeah. Yeah. And you I, have limited willpower. You have limited amount of crap you can put up with every day. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then if I really push it today, I'm going to feel it extra bad tomorrow. Yes. I'm going to have half yes. the energy to spend there. So you know, yeah. there was a, it was a lot of negotiating that. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, I need to cook three meals today. And I've got maybe like enough energy to voice the text, maybe like five or 10 messages. And like, I have maybe like five minutes of writing time in my notebook. And that's what I got today. You know, a yeah. lot of the day is just like being alone in, in the world. And so, you know, there's the like, I'm going to sit here and meditate meditative space. But then there's the also just like, I don't know, almost boredom as a meditation. And I don't mean that to belittle it, but like being bored for a long time (laughs) kind of does a really interesting thing for helping you define yourself and like similar to meditation, but its own, own kind of brand. It's it's almost like, cause I've, I've had moments where I'm bored and I just sit in it for hours and hours and hours. It's almost like a weird form of torture, but I don't mean that in a bad way because when you're going inside yourself and you're sitting in that torture, it's like you start thinking, or at least I personally do. I'm like, I really don't like this feeling of boredom. What is my body trying to tell me? Why, why does my brain not want me to be bored? How can I fix it? What do I actually want? What would make me feel satisfied where I don't get bored? Like, you're basically asking yourself the meaning of life questions. Like, what is my meaning of life? How can I never be bored again? Or how can I avoid boredom as much as possible? Yeah, it's so real. It's so real. And so there was a lot of that. And it was interesting because there was so much of that for hours and hours a day for a while. And then I eventually hit a space where I realized that like be doing nothing is a skill and it takes you, you have to learn it. Cause I eventually got to a point where like, I feel like I did it and like I slowly stopped having those thoughts and then would just sit there and be, yeah. It's like you have to let go. Yeah. I wasn't bored and was like, you know, or maybe I was, or maybe I wasn't, but like, that wasn't the point anymore. The point is I was just there and that was cool. And like, 
that weird like letting go-ness of just being able to exist there, I think also was really helpful extending into my business and my company because spending so much time just being like, well, I'm just here and that's okay, really helped me approach my company um, without attachment. Um, and I feel like a really strong attachment, um, at least from, from my experience, uh, is a really great way to destroy the thing you're trying to create before yeah. even creating yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause it, it's not so much, it is attachment, but it's also the expectations. It's yes. like you have expectations of how things are going to go. You get frustrated if it doesn't work. It's almost like you can't be humble and just, cause that, that was going to be my follow-up question. Was all of this a very humbling experience? As in when you got to a point where you know, you felt like you could only do a couple of things today. Like I can only cook three meals and send a couple of texts. Was that humbling? Is that like you have to pull your ego in check and say like, no, 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 I want to do like 50 different things on my to-do list today, but my body's saying you can only do five. Like that must have been an ego shock. Yeah, humbling is, yeah, just begins to get at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? I can't even imagine like we, we, we could have a freaking five hour conversation. I can't even imagine what it must be like for, and I'm please don't take this as I'm diminishing what you went through, but imagine what like paraplegic must go through. That's like their, the rest yeah. of their life is a humbling experience. Like, Oh my God. It absolutely. And like, that's really like, I feel like with a lot of humility comes a lot of gratitude. And so I don't find yeah. that diminishing my situation at all, because as much as I didn't spend I know I'm not someone who likes to self self soothe by saying like, Oh, imagine how other people have it. Some people that works great for them. And that's awesome. Um, but that's just not, not my way. Um, mm. I don't know. Well, that doesn't work it's, for all, me. it's all relative, right? And, and the suffering you're going through right now is all that you can see. You don't really care that some other guy's suffering more. You're like, but I'm suffering here and I'm sitting in this. Yeah. And, but with that, like being so present to that suffering and that humility, I feel like high amounts of humility leads to high amounts of gratitude and that yeah. suffering actually made the things that were present in my life really apparent. Like suddenly I was like, wait, like I can still go for walks though. That's pretty yeah. awesome. And like suddenly like going for a walk was like, this is amazing. Like this is really, really great. I'm so grateful for this. And, and you know, that weirdly, like as much as before my health issues, you know, on the surface, it would seem like I had had so much going and could do so much and had so much opportunity, right? I could do everything I wanted with my hands all the time. But like, I, you know, you didn't, I didn't really have the gratitude for that. Like I have so much gratitude for what I have now, even if in some regards, what I have now is less because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm aware of it. And for that, I'm actually yeah. extremely grateful. It's funny. I'm grateful for my gratitude, how redundant, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for the fact that you're grateful for your gratitude. So there you go. We can just keep going. In oh, wow. I'm really grateful for that. Infinite. Yeah. I'm grateful that you're grateful. But I, I do want to tie in what you just said, because a lot of the stuff that I focus on in my content is like self-improvement, like building a better life, you know, building a better body, making yourself more happy, working on whatever it is you work want to work on, building your own business, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of guys really struggle at the start when they first come to it. Like, let's say, let's say we got a guy that's like a hundred kilos overweight and he wants to lose all that. At the start, it's a very humbling experience for him because all that he may be able to do is walk up some stairs, right? Or count his calories. Like there's not a lot that he's going to be able to do. I, I can't tell him to go out and run a marathon or something. I can't tell him to go out and start a business. He's at ground zero. He's at the, the very first step that he has to take. And it can be a very humbling experience because you look at all the people that are ahead of you 
or in your case, it's like you're looking at all the people that can use their freaking hands and you say like, <laughs> why can't I just do what they're doing? Maybe I should try harder. Maybe I should push myself more. Maybe, you know, like in your case, I just have to put up with the pain. It's very humbling that you have to kind of sit there and say, no, no, no. What did I do today? Okay, today, so for the, the guy that's overweight, I walked up some stairs for about 20 minutes. And yes, that's not amazing. That's not going to break any world records. That isn't like where I want to be. Eventually, I want to be at a point where I can, you know, run a marathon or something. But for right now, I'm going to have to take a deep breath and give myself credit for this little bit that I've done. I'm assuming that you had to do a whole lot of that. Like if you can only cook three meals, there's probably a big process of, of working out like, how do I give myself credit for the fact that I at least did something? Like I at least fought against nothing. Because the worst thing you could ever do is just lie in bed all day and do nothing at all. Although, you know, we could argue that that would be a bit of meditation, but you get the point that I'm making. You have to kind of give yourself credit for doing something. And I imagine that would have been like your life every day. Like, okay, can I just give myself credit for like the tiny little pathetic thing that I did? At least it's better than zero. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, I think there was some of that, but my, my way of conceptualizing, it was very, very different because for me, it was, it, it was less about like, I mean, okay, yeah, my way of conceptualizing exactly what you're saying is that for me, I really was trying to find the ways that my limitations could actually like better me and become it, become my edge in a way. Yep. Um, and how that worked for me is because it really helped me in my situation, my wisdom that I was able to get out of it is that I, I feel like something that oftentimes uh, destroyed a lot of the projects that I was working at in the past is that I tried to do everything at once. I tried to do everything at once. Um, and then, and then I would get so stressed out and so burned out and half the stuff I did, I ended up never having to do that, but it really seemed like I had to do it in the moment. Yes. And that like this forced me to slow down and actually look at the things I wanted to do and say like, there are 10 things I would love to do right now. I have the ability to do one, maybe two of them. What am I doing? Like, and really being like, I am going to be very specific about what is the most important thing for me to do right now. And even though I took, I did maybe one one hundredth of the to-do list items than I did <laughs> in the previous years, I succeeded more than I have in the previous years combined. Yeah, it's almost like another big concept that I talk about a lot is like picking the goals that you're going to work on and then going all in and really obsessing with those. And there is always a planning process with that. Like you don't sit there planning forever, but you do have to kind of know where you're going. It's almost like you were forced to do that. You're like, here's my list. I'm just going to be a sniper and I'm going to pick just two or three of those and I'm going to absolutely make those happen. And yeah, you do end up getting a lot more done if you just pick the most important ones or the ones that will bring you the most success or closer to your goal, however you want to define it. And then just go for those because we do end up doing a lot of like, you know, wank, like wasted time. The audience can't see, but I'm doing like a jerk off motion here. Like we just end up like <laughs> wasting so much time on like silly little tasks that don't. I even do it too. things that you, you get caught up in that become like a habit. And then you look at them after three months of doing them and you're saying, this didn't actually do anything for me. Like, why was I spending an hour a day doing this? This was just a waste of time. So almost like you, you couldn't afford to do that. It's like you get to trim all the fat off. I like that you Absolutely. picked that as a, I like that you decided to be grateful for that. I really like that. This sounds like an incredibly like spiritual experience in a weird way, like everything you went through. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, the world's worst spiritual experience, but it sounds like you're incredibly grateful for it. I don't know. Some people have had some pretty bad spiritual experiences out there. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, Let's but, dive. But, but I think that. No, you go. Sorry, go for it. No, 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 you go. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think those principles that I just talked about, like th that sounds very specific to what I went through. It's like, oh, well, you couldn't use your hands, so you had to do that. But I really think that's applicable to people in all sorts of stages. Like to use your example of the person who wants to use weight and can't use a lot of action, can't like do a lot. Like, I think it's yeah. very similar. Like, yeah, you can't go out and run a marathon and waste a bunch of stuff. Like you need to be yeah. really intentional about what you're doing, but you can do that. And you can be like grateful for that, mm -hmm. for that sort of like focus energy. And also like be grateful that you can take that action at all. Like that was where I, where I was as well. Like the fact that I could even send 10 text messages that day was like, wow, like, I could see a world where I couldn't even send that. Like, yeah. I'm really grateful yeah. that I've got 10 messages. And, you know, if you're, if you want to lose weight, like there's like, so there's so many people who are in your predicament who don't walk up the staircase. Yeah, Like the exactly. fact that you're exactly. even doing that, that one time is like actually really impressive that you yeah. like built up the confidence and energy to do that. And if you do that again the next day, like that's really incredible. Like you're already more than like you know 90% of the people who had your position and had your desires and like being mm -hmm. aware of that perspective that like actually by taking those first steps like you are already in the top like 10% of people in your position is yeah is really useful to have that perspective and totally true yeah yeah and giving yourself credit for that i think that's the most important part that you have to give yourself a pat on the back even if it seems difficult even if you seem even if you think like you know, this was pathetic. I didn't do much. I walked up 10 stairs. It's like, yeah, but that's better than zero. And as you're saying, that's better than 99% of other people. So congratulations, you win. Just keep adding those little victories every day. Give yourself a pat on the back, be grateful. Before you know it, you know, you'll be lean, you'll be healthy, you'll be exactly where you want to be. I, I want to transition into your Kickstarter. Because let's do it. I want us to talk a little bit about like your journey. We will talk about your toys and stuff like that. Maybe we'll do that like t towards the end for the last like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But I want to talk a little bit about like what Kickstarter was like for you, struggles that you had, because I know that your Kickstarter didn't go through the first time or you had some issues with that. And I want to talk about this stigma around sex because I run into the same stuff. My, my blog is very sex focused. And like, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of stories of like businesses that shut you down or like in my case, it's several affiliate programs that have said like, no, your content's too sexual. Even sex toy websites have said like, your content is sexual. You know, you have BDSM artwork on your thing that's too pornographic sorry like we can't work with you so let's talk about that so what happened with your kickstarter you decided to make a make the sex toys that you're talking about that we'll talk in a second and kickstarter said no at first yes yeah so had this idea wanted to do a kickstarter campaign because from my perspective you know like i said i'm like i i got a couple months if this doesn't work fine i'll move on and if it does then like hooray like yeah <laughs> that's the dream cool um and so I was trying to think of ways that I could really like verify if my, if my idea was something people wanted or not. Another way that people, especially making products fail is that just because they think something's cool, doesn't mean they don't test the market. people think it's yeah. cool that they'll buy it. Um, yeah. And so I was like, how do I not get fucked in that problem? Um, and there were a couple of things I did, but one of the major ones was I wanted to do a Kickstarter campaign, literally put them out in the world for people to give me money 
And if enough people were like, this is awesome, I'm gonna give you money to, to make it happen, then like, great, there we go. That's, that's like, there's market viability. Um, and if not, then I say like, boohoo, that sucks, was a fun adventure. Like, all right, let's move on, let's do something else. Um, and so I really wanted to do a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and I was like gearing up for it. And then somebody messaged one of my friends who I was talking about the idea. They're like, oh, you know, Kickstarter doesn't allow sex toys on their platform. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> not, yeah. what, how do you know that? And um, from my previous career, I actually happened to already um, know uh, through my network, the heads of um, community, the, the design and tech community sides on Kickstarter for the East and West Coast of the United States. Um, mm -hmm. And so I like message these people and I'm like, I hear you don't allow sex toys on Kickstarter. Like I super start to do this product. Like what's up? And I like met up I, and I talked to those people. Oh, no, it, it, I didn't email them. I saw them at an event. That's what it was. There was an event that I knew they would be at because it was sponsored by Kickstarter. And I showed up. That's what it was. Nice. I showed up to the Kickstarter yep. event that they were co-sponsoring and like went up to the people. And I was like, I had this thing. I really want to do it. Like I heard you couldn't allow it on the platform. Like they're gender inclusive sex toys. They're all shaped like adorable monsters. Really, really inclusive, really approachable. We have a web comic series that teaches about like consent and sex positivity. Like I really want to do it on your platform. And uh, that individual was like, you know, yeah, yeah. We like kind of have, it's not like an official rule, but it's like, basically like it's, we have a, a no adult toys on Kickstarter, but like, this is exactly what Kickstarter's built for. Like, you're not some company trying to make a bunch of money. Like, you are a real creator making a real yeah, thing. Yeah. Your thing is so positive. It's like, and Kickstarter is a, they recently reincorporated or a couple of years ago to a public benefit corporation. So they're like, this is so like in line with that a public benefit thing. They're like, we want to see if like, yeah, we like, we're down to like be internal and try to help this go through. And nice. so, so I had them and, and it was really hot and cold for a while. Kickstarter was like, at first they saw it and they're like, yeah, this is what Kickstarter is about. And I'm like, cool. So can I put it on your platform? And they're like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, let's, <laughs> uh, let's check a couple of things first. And then it was like, yeah, yeah, it's good. When you're ready to go live, do it. And I'm like, okay. And then they're like, wait, 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 no. But like, uh, actually, no, like, I don't think we can do it. It's because it's because our payment platform won't do it. And then I went and got the payment platform to give us an okay. And then they were like, oh, it's because this. And it was really like this hot and cold for a while until finally it like got to a point in time uh, where I'm like, I want to launch it at this time. I'm from San Francisco. It was Folsom Street Fair was coming up, which is the biggest uh, kink event in the entire world. And I'm from okay, and I live in San yep, Francisco. Yep. So I'm like, I want to launch it like that week. Like it's the time people are going to be here. It's on everyone here's mind. Like, like we got to do this. And I like connected with my person. Um, and, uh, Bo, he's awesome. And I was just like, what's the deal? Like, I want to launch it. And he was like, the, the company, he's like, this is what I got. Cause like Bo is like 110% like this should be on the platform, but he's just relaying <laughs> the info. And it's yeah. like, uh, what I'm told is everyone in the company is for it, but the company as a whole is against it. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, like that's such a corporate thing to say. It's such a corporate thing to say, right? Like trying to save face so hard, right? How do we say no without being the bad yeah. guys? Like, yeah, yeah. 
and, and I'm like, no, a corporation's just a bunch of fucking people. Like, yes. honestly, when, when you come down to it, I'm like, how can I get more involved in the conversation? Like, can I write a letter? And Bo was like, if you write a letter, I will send it. Uh, and so I like, like literally like I, I he, he left um, and I just like sat down and wrote this letter and I sent it to Bo and I'm just like, here's the letter. Like if it's too, if it's too much, like, let me know. And I need to rework <laughs> it. Cause I was just like in it. And his response was like, Mike drop already sent it. <laughs> he was like that shit was awesome like I'm, I'm not even giving you a chance to take it back and he just sent it out to the people and um the whole letter was about how like this isn't a conversation about sex toys on kickstarter this is a conversation for like showing up for like underrep communities when it's not easy like because this is so queer and trans like focused and inclusive the fact that you're like like you by not having sexual content on your platform like being queer is inherently like a sexual thing like you are actually not being it was just like just like went on on that was like this is about showing up for people when it's not easy like <laughs> wrote that whole thing out and like for the next week uh he was just like messaging me but like oh the uh like our head of legal's reading your letter right now like our like see so yeah, like it was going through like the whole Oh, see, or, you know, I got all this info secondhand, but he was just like, yeah, like literally our head of legal is going through and see what they can do. And like looking at all the, all the legal stuff. And then one day I'm just like eating dinner and I like, I'm checking my emails and I just got their generic, like your Kickstarter has been approved to go live. <laughs> I like, I sent it to my, to my friend. I'm like, is this for real? He's like, hold on, let me check. And he's like, yeah, you're approved. You can go live whenever. This is like the best origin story ever. And you are like the, the the poster child, the definition of a concept that I talk about a lot, which is if you want something bad enough, you have to be willing to do whatever the hell it takes to get it. You can't accept no as an answer. And it sounds like you didn't several times. And you have to just be willing to say like, no, 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 no. I know that this is good or I know that I can do this or I know that this is worth pursuing. I'm not going to accept your no. It's like life will reject you especially if we're talking about creating a product or starting a business or doing something entrepreneurial, life is going to slap you in the face. You're going to have so many hurdles. And I see so many people, you know, they'll start something or they'll start a new endeavor or they'll start walking towards a goal. And at the first hurdle or the first slap in the face, they'll just say like, oh, I guess it's not meant to be. And it's like, no, 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 that's, that's when the real work starts. You're supposed to get slapped in the face. If you're going to the gym to lose weight, you're going to have days where your body aches and you don't want to go. You're going to have days where maybe someone says that you're too fat and like, you know, you should just quit. You're going to have those slaps in the face. And you had like 50 of them. I love how freaking absolutely dedicated you were to this and stubborn. You sound absolutely stubborn as hell. Like, no, no, fuck you. Like, I know that this is a good idea. I'm going to make this work. It's almost like other people get caught up in the passion of that. And it sounds like that happened here. Other people can start seeing, okay, this motherfucker is like really dedicated to making this work. Maybe I should just let them have it, right? Like, that sounds like what Kickstarter did. Okay, this... This is absolutely going ahead. I don't think we can stop this. Fine. Okay. Just have your little stupid Kickstarter. Fine. There you go. Like, I love the passion that you brought to this and that unwillingness totally. I think to stop. A, I think there's a lot of it. I think there's a lot of it. And like, I, I do want to say that, you know, when approaching these situations, I think a lot of like water and how a water, when there's a barrier in the way, if it keeps hitting it, it that barrier will go away. But also in the meantime, there it creates pads to go around it and so i do think it's important to hit 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 but at the same time i had 
back at plan B, C, D in case they were, they like really stopped. But like, you know, I was able to see that like there, there was that, there was a little budging, right? When I pushed, it didn't give way, but it budged a little. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it budged a little mean means there's something there, right? Like, and, and then you keep, keep hitting it. You know, if they're just like, you suck, I'm going to put you on our block list. Like, sure, go go around a couple of times. But at a certain point, recognize your dead ends or dead ends. But yeah, but then you know, you'll just find some other way to do it. You just yeah, figure exactly. out something totally. else. Yeah, yeah. Totally. If okay, Kickstarter said no yeah, to you, just... I'm sure you would have figured something else out and said like, okay, fine, Kickstarter. I'm going to go to, I don't know, Indiegogo or something else. Like, I'll totally, just keep totally. looking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I see what you're saying now. And yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, exactly. Like I, if Kickstarter said no, you you better believe I would, I would have figured another way out to test this yeah. thing. and and make it happen. So yes, I totally, I totally agree. I was able to see though, because it budged that I was like, wow, if I get this toy on Kickstarter, this is going to be like big news. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I searched your toy like, like a couple of weeks ago when I was doing some research, there's like a lot of articles. You're on basically everything. You're on like every journalism where you're on like Gizmodo, just like every big like tech channel or news channel or adult channel, just like every you're in like Wall Street Journal and those kind of ones. Like people are just writing about your toys, like and the Kickstarter, it, and it blew it's up. Crazy! It feels so surreal, honestly. Like wh- whenever I like see that and I do all these interviews, I'm always just mm. like, "Don't you know I'm really just a fucking goofball?" But like, <laughs> yeah, like you know, and I mean, I do think I do what I do well, and it's good. But it's just funny because like I feel like people always have these images of like people who are written about as being these other people yes, who are like yes, distinguished yes. and successful. And I'm just like, nah, I'm just like a fucking goofball who threw my head at the wall enough times that something worked and, and now it's cool. But like, it's persistence and luck more than me being any distinguished like fucker. I'm just. <laughs> P- people do this weird thing. I kind of get it to some degree where they'll look at someone who's ahead of them. Like in your case, like you've successfully launched a product it's doing well that kind of stuff. In my case, like I have a podcast, I have a website. They'll look at people that are ahead of them and say like, that person is special or that person is different from me. And it's like, no, they're not. They just like, they've just spent a year or two doing something like they're they're not better than you. They're just a little further along in the journey. And I try so hard to break that stuff down. Like the whole point of my website, the motto of my website at the top is you sure as hell can too. It's like, I did this stuff. You sure as hell can too, right? Like none of this is exception. I'm not going to say it's easy, but you haven't done anything special that no other human on the planet could do. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I was talking with another friend of mine who's an entrepreneur and he was saying to me, um, he was like, I've spent a lot of time with entrepreneurs. They're not an exceptionally smart bunch. They're not an exceptionally skilled bunch. They're just fucking persistent <laughs> yeah they yeah yeah stubborn stubborn <laughs> is the word that i use yeah i interviewed another guy who's like a, a multi-million multi-millionaire like ceo of a big like tech startup and he was talking about the same stuff he's like you know i'm not particularly amazing i just i didn't want to say no or i didn't accept no i just kept going and then i just made it everyone else quit and i just kept going i just did what other people didn't want to do which is don't quit like that's kind of it that's the i feel like that's the secret to success just don't quit don't ever fucking quit and then you'll get there eventually. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like, yeah, it's patience and honestly, it's mostly slow work. Um, and so if yeah. you feel like nothing's happening at the beginning, that's how it feels like at the beginning. Yes. It's slow, it's yes. slow work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the actual the actual toys. Cause you got them behind you. I know the listeners can't see you, but like there's a purple one that looks like a butt plug. 
There's a blue one that looks like a dildo, and there's a cute little starfish orange one. I'm assuming you made them particularly in those shapes, you know, for obvious reasons. Obvious like they're not just random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So we've got these toys. We've got three so far. It's really fun because we we launched that Kickstarter campaign. It went super well, better than I expected. We got funded in 12 hours. Did yeah, you like tripled goal. your goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tripled the goal. It was crazy. It was like, even when I think about it, I'm like, what the fuck happened? That was amazing. <laughs> like, it's so good. Um, and then we're able to actually manufacture these toys. So we've got three toys out right now. Um, all of our toys are gender inclusive, silicone, high quality silicone, vibrating uh, adult toys shaped like adorable monsters. So they're all these yeah. like creature characters. They all have their own names and pronouns and likes. And there's a web comic series with all the characters in the web comic. It's super fun. Um, and of course they're sex toys. So in trying to, in making gender inclusive uh, adult toys, I really, uh, a lot of times when people try to make something like inclusive, they try to make something that's for everyone. And I don't think that that can happen um, because everyone's so different. And so instead I took the approach of making all of my toys are made to be used in multiple different ways. Um, some of the ways are a little more obvious up front to people. Like you mentioned mm -hmm. the, this, um, the one that's shaped like an octopus. Um, yep. The octopus one is very, a lot of people see it and they're like, ah, oh, a butt plug, right? The head mm -hmm. of the octopus is the part that goes inside of you and the tentacles go mm -hmm. out and they, you know, hold the outside of you to make sure that your butt doesn't eat your butt plug. And, you know, <laughs> um, which but, is uh, by the way, which is by the way, like early on, that was one of my biggest fears. Like, what if I use a butt plug on a go? And <laughs> I've yeah, had nightmares yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, so like this one is Princess Puppy Puss. Their pronouns are they, them, or the royal we. Their favorite things are pizza and butts. So great butt <laughs> plug, but also um, the way that the, the, since it's vibrating, it can be used in a bunch of different ways. Great external stimulator as well. Um, the tip of the head is really nestles into a clitoral hood really nicely. Um, also in the like part where it tapers, um, it's really easy to hold there. So you can just kind of put oh, it in between okay. your fingers. So listeners can't see it, but like, yeah. that looks very easy to hold. Okay, I'll, I'll put some pictures up after Totally, totally. So just think, butt plug shape, and there's that part where it's thin. Um, yeah. You put your fingers on either side of that, and you can hold it very easily. I have hand issues, mm -hmm. and I don't have to grip anything. I can hold this. And since it vibrates, it's really fun. Because then it's either just, you know, you have the pinpoint vibrator, and it's easy to hold, or if you hold the flat side bottom, you just made yourself a vibrating hand, which is really fun. Just like to have a hand that vibrates is good for all <laughs> sorts of things. Um, so that's that's like a, a quick rundown of that one. Um, we have Starcy, who Starcy's pronouns are Starcy. Their favorite things are napping and hiding, hiding things. So Starcy is like a wider, flatter starfish one. Um, yep. Again, very easy to hold because the curves of it are made to fit the hand very well. Um, big flat surfaces for people who like big flat surface style um, vibrations mm -hmm. or the tips of the tentacles are also vibrating pinpoints. The motor is offset. So even though you have a couple different settings in the motor to adjust intensity, because it's offset, each tentacle also vibrates at slightly different intensity. So you can take the toy and actually rotate it around to really- Was that a happy pinpoint. accident or was that like an intentional? 
you know, everything, it starts as a happy accident and becomes yep. intentional. It was like, it was like a happy accident in the first initial prototyping where we just mm-hmm. threw it in and was like, whoa, that's cool. And then like tweaked it in order to really make that an intentional feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really then, like how cute these things are. Like I, I wanted to have a big discussion about that because I have sex toys. You can't see them, but they're in a cupboard behind me. And I've always tried to <clears throat> move towards having like cute sex toys as, as much as I possibly can. Like I've got handcuffs, I've got ropes and stuff like that. My ropes are like multicolored. My handcuffs are like pink and fluffy. I've found that the girls that I play with tend to like that stuff. My girlfriend really likes, you know, c- cutesy, fun stuff. And most of the sex toy industry is that there's little bits that are, you know, focused on cute stuff, but most of it is very like silver and metal. And I can't think of the word for it, but like, you know, aggressive is probably the best word, but not in a fun way. And I've always found that, you know, when I open my cupboard up, if a girl's looking in there for the first time, she'll be like, she'll just gravitate towards the really cutesy stuff. I'm so surprised that no one has done what you've done, which is these toys literally look like, you know, figurines or cute little, you know, I know you call them monsters. They look like, you know, cute little figurine like animals to me. I'm so surprised that no one has come up with this idea before. What if we make this stuff fun instead of like weird and taboo and like something that you hide? It's, it's so real. I mean, it's so real. I, um, I always say that like the sex toy industry, you have two options. You either have like, like hypo real, hyper realistic. That's just like, you know, like this is a body, like as grotesque as possible though, with extra veins. Yeah. All the veins are popping. Yep. I know. So you either have like that or you have the, like, this sex toy was designed as by NASA as a space probe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all metal. And yeah, yeah. If, if anyone listening, if you've never walked into a sex toy shop, walk into one tomorrow or today, and you're just exactly what we're talking about. Like, it's like half of the shop is just metal. And like, you know, I'm into BDSM as much as the next guy. But some of the stuff they have there just feels very like cold and almost like clinical, like like you're walking through medical equipment almost. It's not fun. Yeah, I think that's either the medical equipment or like, or like a modern art museum. <laughs> which is like i grew up in a know, very like, i was i lived in a very progressive city and that like i know exactly what you're talking about with like the modern art stuff like yeah you literally walk in and there's like just naked just sex just like big dick veins and yeah 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 totally and so like it's <laughs> and so yeah i like was really like well what if like i loved something fun something that was like fun and and, and not just fun but like you know, with, with cute little fuckers, I really try to. One of my missions is to make sex as um, inclusive and um, oh, what's the word I always use all the time? Sorry, brain fog. Um, wow, I can't believe I, I'm forgetting the word. I, I literally say this all the time, but um, you'll remember after the podcast as soon as I'm going to remember after after yeah. the podcast. Or uh, yeah, I know if I open the website, I'll like say it right fucking there. But uh, it's. <laughs> Yeah, basically, um, uh, like it's something like uh, inclusive and uh, like welcoming as possible, yeah, and something like that. Yeah. And so when you see a toy, it's almost like lack that, lack of intimidation. Maybe that's a good way. Of yeah, it. not intimidating. Exactly, and I have a word that means just that that for some reason has left my <laughs> my vocabulary. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and when you see a toy that is like fun and playful and colorful and has a cute little face, and you're like okay, I could use that. Like I, so many people, we've had people message us. We are like, oh, I really wanted to get into sex toys, but was so intimidated. And then I saw yeah, yours yeah. and was like, that looks fun. I can do this. And then they did. And now they love it. And 
uh, that's just amazing. That's just amazing. Yeah. So for my audience, who's predominantly single guys, you know, heterosexual guys that are meeting women, I think the biggest sell that I could say is like, because so many guys will say to me, like, I just don't feel comfortable, like getting out this big vibrator or this big, you know, metal leash or something. I'm super nervous. I haven't met a lot of women, you know, I'm I've even had guys that are virgins and they say like, I want to play with this stuff. I just don't know how to like, I feel like a freak if I show it to her. Like, how do I even do it? This is a way easier sell. These toys literally look fun. They look, they're bright neon colors. This, that, which would you rather pull out that toy or like a big, you know, medieval sex device? I love the sex devices as much as any, any, as the next person. But if you're a guy that's super nervous about bringing this stuff up, this is maybe a really easy way to segue into sex toys. Like this is probably the best first sex toy that you could buy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, uh, like we always say like sex toys that you can leave on your nightstand, yeah. right? That yeah. you're not hiding away. And so many people say, yeah, they just keep them on their shelves as their fun little friend and they'd see them. Make sure you smile. make sure you wash them, of course, wash them. But yeah, Wa- wash them, wash them, please. That's important. Definitely. But, um, <laughs> but with that, right. Like I, I totally, yeah, that that's so real. Like when you're bringing a toy out for the first time, that's a very intimidating yeah. Yeah, experience. Yeah. With a new partner. Yeah. 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 So one that's like literally like looks like it belongs on your counter anyway. It's like, you know, you, you're really just pulling it off the shelf and being like, hey, look at this. This is fun. Not like, let me dig into the deep dark drawer and pull yeah. out clunk, clunk, clunk. Like it's yeah. it's that 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 experience is very different. Hmm. No, and they are very cute. <laughs> <laughs> they are called cute little fuckers. I mean. I, I do love that name because it, it perfectly, I think, because I was going to talk a little bit about like people are squeamish around sex. I think you've done a pretty damn good job of making them cutesy. The name literally has cute little in it. But then you're also kind of saying, and we're not necessarily ashamed of this. I'm putting the word fuckers in there. I, I really like that mix of like, you know, adorable, but also, you know, not pretending that this isn't something that it is. You know what I mean? Like this is still sex. We're still having sex. To really like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, well, I had something, I lost it, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> we're not shying away from what it is. It's fuckers. Yeah. They're sex toys. We're like, we're not pretending they're not like, <laughs> um, but we're like saying sex toys and cute mm-hmm. rather than a diversion. And I feel like a lot of, yeah, like, I feel like the reason why nobody's really done this before is because in order to make a sex toy that is so fun and lighthearted, you kind of need to be able to feel like sex can be fun and lighthearted. Not that you need to do that in order to purchase one, but like in order to like actually like conceptualize that design and like feel comfortable going through with that. This was um, a product that was only going to come from an individual. There's no way in hell any company could have made this. It would have been so cynical. It yeah, it would have been dripping in cynicism. It had to come from an individual who's comfortable with sex. And it's like, yeah, I like sex. It's fun. I should make this cool toy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, it feels so different from everything else in the industry because of that, because everything else in the industry is still very like, you know, sex is, either like a taboo or like you know a real part of like connecting with yourself and it is but like that doesn't mean it has to be so heavy or abstracted it can actually just be light and fun and here it is there there is that weird dichotomy isn't it like sex is always taken as too serious and i'm sure you know exactly what i'm saying when i say that like 
Yes. It's this big, massive thing. And yes, sex is important. Sex is fun. Sex is wonderful. Sex brings up a lot of emotions and feelings and all of that kind of stuff. Of course it is. But at the end of the day, it's just fooling around with your body and someone else's body. Like it isn't this big, massive, it can be, but it isn't always this big, you know, I'm climbing Mount Everest. Maybe it is if if you haven't, I really don't mean this in a derogatory term, but if you haven't had a lot of sexual experience, then sure, yes, it can feel like that. But I really like that you're trying to show people, you know, this is just a fun thing. That's that's a big part of what I have in my uh, podcast and my blog is like, sex is just this fun thing. Like you're just going out and meeting women. You know, you guys have a great time together. You like her, she likes you, you go back together, you have some fun. Like it's not this big, scary, you know, I have to climb Mount Everest. It, it's just a bit of fun. Absolutely. And that's such an important thing. That's, that's such an important step in order to like accept sex into your life is to recognize that. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big step for me. Cause I used to be, I used to have all these very like puritanical thoughts around sex. Like, you know, I was incredibly judgmental. I've said on the podcast a million times, I used to say slut. I used to say you're a slut if you've had sex. Like I used to talk like that about women and thank Christ I came past that. But yeah, I just had these weird notions and I used to also hate myself as well. Cause I had like, you know, all these sexual urges and stuff. And I'd say like, shit, am I a slut? Like, am I a bad person? Like, you know, aren't we all supposed to just be virgins until we get together and then we just, you know, get together and we get married and we stay together forever. It was a very big process for me to move past that and say like, well, sex is just like a, a form of connection. It's just a bit of fun that you have together. Like it doesn't have to be this big taboo scary you know all-encompassing thing it can be yeah I'm sure but yeah sometimes you just want to see that thing and be like that's cute i'm gonna stick you up your butt <laughs> with that we should end this podcast <laughs> that is the perfect end to the podcast thank you so much for coming on is there any final shout outs that you want to do before we finish up oh yeah um i guess quick quick question uh when do you think this might come out this will come out to my Patreons. This will come out like within a day or two. Other people will come out in three weeks. I can give you an exact time. I can give you like the exact day and time after we finish up. Sweet. So three weeks, that's like roughly around or just before Valentine's Day. I can release it later if you want me to. I'm happy to hold on to it. No, I mean, right, It'll be right before February Valentine's 1st. Day is perfect. February 1st. That sounds perfect. Okay, so... So my shout out, what I want to do is say, um, gosh, what, what do I want to say? Um, yeah. So like, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. No, this was a hell of a lot of fun. I was super excited to get you on. This was super fucking fun. I mean, I, I first off, great questions. So many times I'm just like, great, let's, let's do this interview. Gonna tell the same story over and over again. And you, you really got it some some really fun stuff. So thanks so much for like being an awesome interviewer. Um, for those of you who want to check out Cute Little Fuckers, you can check it out at cutelittlefuckers.com. We're also on all of the social medias and all of that. Uh, we're leaning in, we're going up to Valentine's Day. So that's super cool. We're definitely running some Valentine's Day discounts in case you want to get something cute for your partner or maybe someone you hope to meet <laughs> or... Um, <laughs> or they're gender inclusive. If you want to explore some stuff yourself, you should definitely check it out. We just launched um, just a little bit before Valentine's Day. So if you're listening to it as a Patreon, we haven't done it yet, but we're about to. Just launched um, some limited edition colors as well. So once those are out, they're out. 
So go online, check out those limited edition colors. And we're almost certainly doing a Valentine's Day sale as well. So nice. check that out. We're a small company. So we appreciate when uh, you work with us. And um, thanks for being awesome, everybody. Yes, thank you for being awesome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>